Let's do this. Whenever you take longer exhales than your inhales, that can actually lower your heart rate. Stress has been shown to contribute to disease. There is good research on touch and massage and its benefits. On point. Hello and welcome back to another episode of On Point. I'm your host, Taylor Burke, and can you imagine a world where yoga and massages were combined into one thing? Well, now you don't have to. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the new phenomenon known as yo massage. We dive into what stress does to our bodies, how touch is taboo, and how we as people can change that narrative. And Catherine gives great insight on the power of breath and how dedicating a couple of minutes of mindfulness a day will give you so many benefits. Give a warm welcome to co-founder Catherine Parker. Hi, Catherine. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. I am so excited to learn all about your career venture. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about it. I could talk about it all day. Yay. Well, perfect. Tell me a little bit about what exactly Yo Massage is. Yeah, so yo massage is, so you say yoga and massage combined, and there's so many different aspects of yoga and types of yoga. So just to paint a picture, the parts of yoga that we kind of are inspired by are restorative yoga. So if anyone's ever taken a restorative yoga class, which many people haven't, a lot of people when they think about yoga, they think of like, you know, the intense positions, like big stretches, kind of maybe intimidating, like hot yoga type of stuff. What restorative yoga is, is if you imagine like big, dense pillows, you're laying over those in a stretch that is really accessible to most people. It's really relaxing. And these stretches, you should be able to fall asleep. It's like so comfortable. It's like nap time yoga. So that's the type of yoga that we kind of are inspired from with our positions. And then also the breath work and meditation components of yoga. Okay, so like we're in child pose for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. And even like child pose, like a supported version of child, like hugging a pillow, multiple pillows, types of child's pose with blankets and like super cozy and comfy. That sounds right up my alley. Yes. Because I yeah. love yoga, but sometimes like getting stuck in like, let's say the tree pose or like warrior too. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like I want, I'm ready for like, shav- yeah. shavasana. Is that what it is? You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We call it final relaxation or shavasana, but so it's like that. And we only each session or class is only about six positions. So you're in each position for, you know, 10 minutes or more. It's not like, you know, we're moving into all these different positions. It's all about relaxation and getting deep into the connective tissues through the the stretches. I love it. Would you say it's more yoga or more massage? Well, it's a massage modality. So like we're kind of, we avoid saying yoga a lot because, you know, there's different reasons, but Yoga is an unregulated modality where, you know, massage, you have to be licensed to provide massage. And so some states don't like it when you require something that's unlicensed and unregulated with something that is. And then also a lot of people, like I said, are kind of intimidated by yoga or if we were to kind of like advertise it as yoga and massage combined, like a lot of people think of like, you know, the warrior two or tree pose or that that type of yoga and don't really know what the more restorative yoga practices are. So it is a massage modality and the positions that we use in it are inspired by restorative yoga. So that's kind of how we describe it. So you guys are one of the first of your kind. So how did you guys think of that idea? 
So I used to own a yoga studio here in Portland, Oregon. It was a tiny little yoga studio at first. And I met my co-founder, Tiffany, through the studio. She came and actually wanted to teach yoga at the studio. And we got to talking and she had just moved to Portland, coming back from traveling the world in a sailboat and going to massage school and, and yoga teacher training. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this person is so cool. Like I want to work with her. And so she was telling me about massage. And I was someone who never really received massage on a regular basis prior to meeting Tiffany and starting Gail Massage. It was more like, I mean, I'd probably received like two or three professional massages in my life and like just thought of it as something that's like, oh, on my birthday, like I'd love to get a massage. But it wasn't something that was part of my regular routine, Mm -hmm. you know, and not something that I thought like, oh, I need to go get a massage like on a regular basis and didn't know that there were actual benefits from it. And so yeah, Tiffany was telling me about how much she loves massage. And she had her background is in social work. She was a social work professor and then went to massage school. And I was like, this is so interesting. Like, how did you get into it? And we just started talking about the benefits. And I was like, I mean, I would love to be able to receive massage on a regular basis. And we just thought of this idea of creating an environment and a class and a setting where people could receive massage, you know, at the studio in a group setting that we utilize restorative yoga positions and meditation and added in that massage to make it more accessible to people and, you know, in price. And then also just being something that they didn't have to like figure out where to, you know, find a massage therapist that they liked and, you know, do something one-on-one that's more scary. You know, it was in a group environment that seems more accessible and approachable to people. When you guys first started this, was it easy to get the word out there and get people to come try it or was it like, oh, wait, come try, you know, this and mm-hmm. people, were people like weird about it? I mean, it was one of those things that just like really immediately resonated with people. So we called the class like before. So before it was yo massage, it was like I said, it was just a class that we created for my yoga studio. For yoga studios, a lot of times they have stuff called workshops, which is more of like a special or higher priced class. So it was something, a workshop that we offered once a week. So it was something that people paid more for. And we had a limit on the amount of people that could attend. And so in my studio, we did up to five people and the price point I think was like around 40 to $45. And we just called it yoga and massage and, you know, described it as restorative yoga with massage and, and mindfulness and all of our classes completely sold out. I mean, we only needed, you know, five people to attend each class. That was our limit. So it wasn't that difficult, but people loved it. And people came back every week and ended up moving into a bigger studio after that. And we were able to have up to 10 people in our classes. But it wasn't, you know, it was something that people really immediately resonated with. And it wasn't something that we felt like it was hard to sell or, you know, we had to figure out like how to market it. It was just, yeah, something that people really loved. We say like, you don't have to be flexible. You don't have to have ever done yoga or received massage or meditation or anything like yoga massage is for anyone. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how fit you are, how flexible, like we will work with you and our therapists are trained to help everyone. Would you guys ever think about making it into like a chain thing? 
So yes, actually, we are opening up our first yoga massage spa in Lake Oswego, Oregon this year. And we're still in the beginning processes of it. But um, our vision is to start franchising after we open up this location. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Did you ever think that when you started the studio, because I read your bio, you were in law school, right? Yeah. So that was why I moved out to Oregon, to Portland to go to law school. And I ended up, I was working at a law firm. I was applying to law school. And then I opened up the studio because I actually hated working at the law firm. And I was like, while I'm in law school, like I want to do something that I don't hate. (laughs) And me and my partner were walking by this just walking around in the neighborhood and we saw this place for lease and it looked like it could be a it was a retail space but it looked like there was like a place to live like on top of it and I was like hmm I feel like that could be a yoga studio and I had just taken like my yoga teacher training I had taught at a few studios, but I wasn't even teaching anywhere in Portland. I don't even know why I was like thought that I could open up a yoga studio. But for some reason, we, you know, talked to the landlord and he was okay with us doing that. I opened up the yoga studio while I was still working at the law firm. And I was fully intending on just, you know, having the yoga studio going while I was in law school. And then once, you know, we kind of got further into having the yoga studio, I decided, no, I want to focus on this and not go to law school. And then now we're here. I think I was like 22 or three whenever I opened up the the yoga studio. So whenever we opened up the yoga studio, um, I was working full time at the law firm. And so I would teach a 6am class and then go to work the full day, come back, teach a 6pm class. And then I think I might have tried to teach another class after that. And then yeah, it was just it was crazy. And then I ended up kind of like going working less at the law firm and then finally feeling comfortable enough to quit working at the law firm and do the studio full time and then yoga massage started. So but when you first got into the place, how did you did you start like an Instagram so people would know about it? Did you have to put a sign Mm -hmm. out in the window like yoga? I just feel like that's so nerve wracking. Like you didn't really have a Mm -hmm. lot of time. I I think I was just like, so naive. And like, I just didn't really know what, you know, went into running a small business. And we also knew that like, my partner and me, like, if we were working full time, we could cover the rent for the studio and us living there since we were living there, you know, Oh, you were and living so it was like, up, if the, upstairs. Yeah, yeah, we were living upstairs. So it was like where we lived and the studio combined. So we knew that like, okay, as long as we're working full time, even if the studio makes no money, like we're going to be able to pay the bills. So um, it was just kind of like trying to get to a point where the studio was making enough money that I could at least make what I was making at my job, which wasn't that much. So it wasn't like we took out a lease that was, you know, 5,000, 10,000 a month that was additional to like our living costs. So it was a little bit lower risk in that way. And I think that's why I felt like, you know, okay, maybe this is doable. But still, like, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have like, you know, financial projections. I didn't know anything about running a business. Like my minor in college was in business, but I feel like I didn't learn anything about running a small business. So everything that 
you know, I learned was just kind of on the job and everything that I learned through the studio really helped with yo massage. I mean, what a great story. You went totally a different path, but it worked out. Yeah, yeah. And I, this is like really off topic, but my degree is actually in Arabic and Middle Eastern studies. And so like, that's like a whole nother thing that, you know, (laughs) I just, I've been all over the place, but I feel like I've landed in the right spot. Like I was always super into like gymnastics and like that has a lot of like, you know, the stretching and and all of that. And I felt like that was a good transition. Like as an adult, you don't really do gymnastics. So like yoga was, you know, a good segue and like Mm -hmm. something that I felt really comfortable doing. And then, you know, this is kind of where I ended up in kind of like the yoga massage meditation world. Talked about Arabic, but you also taught that. I saw in your bio that you were teaching that. Yes, yeah. So you did have a little bit of teaching in you. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I somehow convinced the University of Missouri to hire me as an Arabic instructor whenever I was like 21. So (laughs) it was really fun. And I I learned a lot and I got teaching experience. You were um, 21 years old teaching college students? Yeah. I don't know how that happened. That's awesome. And that also, you probably didn't know it at the time, but that also probably shaped you into being the teacher, instructor, owner that you are today. Just because, I mean, mm-hmm. teaching in college, that that is a whole other ball game. During that year of teaching Arabic, I also, I did my uh, teach, yoga teacher training that same year. And so I kind of got into that at the same time. Get ready to level up your business game at Vergara's most momentous event of the year iconic we're dedicating a two-day event to you the entrepreneurs and independent professionals in the fitness industry who put in the work to make it happen every day tennis legend and business icon venus williams will be there sharing what it takes to push yourself and your business to new heights hear from other top tier professionals and lifestyle experts in the fitness industry take advantage of our free wellness classes win amazing prizes and treat yourself to our exclusive rooftop party it all goes down at bespoke in beautiful san francisco Tickets on sale now at a special early bird price for a limited time only. Reserve yours at iconic.vogarl.com. Impact, inspire, and be seen at Iconic. You also say in your bio that you're really into mental and emotional well-being. How do you think Mm -hmm. your business, Yo Massage, does that? In so many ways, the combination of, you know, the massage and the safe touch and then the restorative stretch, and then the mindfulness and breath work, all three have so much research behind it to help with our physical and emotional and mental well-being. And just, I think breath work specifically is one of the most amazing tools that you can have to be able to self-regulate your nervous system. And like anytime you're feeling stressed or have anxiety or can't sleep or whatever, like just being able to have that tool to be able to focus on your breath and help calm you down to try to slow down your heart rate. It's just an invaluable tool that I've learned throughout this whole experience. And it's hard to imagine like not having that tool or like before, you know, so I think that coming to one even yoga class or yoga massage class, you're going to be able to learn some tools that you can bring with you throughout, you know, your daily life. And then also just taking the time to relax and tune in with your body and, you know, have an hour and 90 minutes of 
the day to just, you know, take some deep breaths, try to bring your mind to, to calm down and not focus on all the, you know, crazy stuff that's that's happening in, in our lives. One of our main focuses is activating the parasympathetic nervous system. So, you know, we talk a lot about like, the fight or flight or the sympathetic nervous system where, you know, your heart rate is up and we're stressed and, you know, all these different systems in the body that turn on. And since the, the type of life that most of us live are high stress and there's cars racing around and our phones and so many meetings and just like kids and everything craziness. And we don't really have the time. We never take the time to relax. A lot of people don't even sleep, you know, or they don't sleep well. And so we really need to to start incorporating rest and activating the parasympathetic nervous system into our lives so that, you know, we can make the best out of the time that we have. Could you go over Mm -hmm. some of the benefits that it does have? Yeah, starting with meditation and in a nice restorative stretch that helps your body and your mind relax and release earlier on in the session. We also can get deep into the connective tissues through the restorative stretch in a very gentle way. So it's helping with your flexibility. The stretches that we do activate the same sensory receptors as massage. So as you're in this restorative stretch, we are activating a lot more sensory receptors than you would get in just a normal massage. (laughs) Obviously with the mind, if you're getting a massage or doing yoga or, you know, anything, if you're thinking about every conversation that you just had that day or your grocery list or whatever, you're not getting the full benefits and you might not even be getting any benefits from, you know, what you're doing. If you're not focusing on that, like, have you ever heard with exercise? Like if you're not actually actively focusing on like the muscles or the exercise that you're doing, you like get like a fraction of the benefits benefits from that. And so it's the same thing. It's the same thing for like massage where if you're just focused or yoga, if you're focused on like all these other things, you're not getting the benefits from it. And so we really take the time to kind of center yourself and bring yourself into the present moment. No one's going to be able to kind of to focus on the present moment for like a full 90 minutes, you know, it's going to have to be like little reminders here and there. And it's okay if your mind water wanders, it's okay if like your jaw starts to tense up again, just bring your awareness back to it and try to relax and then you know try to stay in that moment as long as you can but like we're human like you're gonna start thinking about something else you're gonna tense up again but then the more you practice the easier it gets and the longer moments of you can increase the time in the present moment or with the relaxed jaw or whatever you know so it, it is a practice though I know for me personally, whenever like I'm stressed, I feel like the two things I do love to do are yoga or get a massage. Yes. Or like something mindful, right? Like something like even meditation or just stretching. Like what exactly does stress do to our bodies? And like, why is it important to like stretch and breathe and... Obviously, I'm not a medical professional, but, you know, stress is bad for us. And, you know, I'm sure that a healthcare provider could explain it better than I can. But I mean, stress has been shown to, you know, contribute to disease and impact our sleep, impact our, you know, mental and emotional health and physical health. You know, it's not just stress can cause anxiety or depression. It can cause, you know, disease in the body and it can cause you to have pain in the body. And a lot of chronic pain can be caused from 
emotional stress too. So I mean, stress is something that we really need to learn how to control and how to um, try to, you know, eliminate as much as possible. I mean, obviously, we're not going to eliminate all stress and, and some stress is good. But being in a constant state of stress and constantly activating your sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight or flight, which, you know, makes your heart rate um, go up and makes you, you know, have more shallower breaths, and it's not good for us. And so having these tools like meditation, yoga, um, mindfulness, massage, or all of it combined in a yoga massage session can really help us activate the sympathetic nervous system, but then also kind of give us some tools in between sessions to be able to use on a daily basis. So, um, you know, not having to carve out 5, 10, 15 minutes of your day to do mindfulness or massage. If you can, that's great. But like, even if you just know how to like sit down and focus on your breath for like a few moments in between emails or meetings or whatever, or like as you're going to sleep, can you focus on your breath to help you, you know, be in the present moment to actually get to sleep sooner, you know, stuff like that. Keep talking about the sympathetic, sympathetic? Yeah, the sympathetic nervous system. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Could you, could you tell me what exactly that is and like what it what Okay, it so the way that we describe it in our training is that, you know, like if you're walking down the street, about to cross a crosswalk and a car comes by and like you almost get hit by the car. It's like, okay, your heart rate's going to increase. Like your breathing's going to, you know, become more shallow. You're, you know, you're mind's going to be racing like, oh my God, like the adrenaline that you have in that moment, like that's all your sympathetic nervous system being activated. And so we can think of like extreme situations like that. But then you also can think of just like, I don't know, did you watch something on TV that made you feel that way? Or, you know, just always like being stimulated by like our phones and stressful situations at, at work can cause like, or like even like a stressful situation with a person or a conversation or, you know, difficult things like that can give us those same feelings. And that's your sympathetic nervous system being activated. And there's all other kinds of stuff that happens in your body internally when that nervous system is being activated. The parasympathetic nervous system is the rest, digest, sleep, relax, the opposite side. And if that part, if we don't have like equal, or at least if we don't have the parasympathetic nervous system being activated, that's whenever, you know, it causes harm on our body. And so there's a lot of people, maybe even most people in the United States specifically, like always just under stress and never really getting the relaxed rest and digest part of the nervous system you know, the mind body connection is kind of a buzzword, but like, that's really what we're trying to implement and do. And it's like, can you recognize that, you know, your sleep is impacting you in that way? And then like, can you try to figure out how to relax more or implement like routines or, you know, rituals or practices that can can help you sleep? And maybe you focus on that, like, how can I sleep better at night? What do I need to do? And then that can, you know, help in, in other areas of your life. 
But yeah, massage, yoga, mindfulness, all those things can help us relax the mind, help with anxiety, and then hopefully help you sleep better. And then hopefully that helps you, you know, not get stressed as easily during the next day. And then, you know, and so on and so forth. And you also mentioned something too, Catherine, that I just want to reiterate again, you said that even during our workday, even taking five minutes Mm -hmm. to maybe just put our phone down, maybe close our laptop and just Mm -hmm. breathe. Yeah, so the breath can and actually just like a simple breath work practice that you can incorporate is whenever you take longer exhales than your inhales, that can actually lower your heart rate. So if you inhale, like something that you can do is inhale for like, say, a count of four, and then try to exhale for a count of seven. And so inhale and then focus on breathing into your belly. So getting like really deep, like expanding your rib cage, expanding the belly instead of, you know, into the chest, because that can kind of mimic like stress is breathing into your chest. So try to like bring it down, expand through the whole body, expand through the belly, and then exhale slowly. And even if you just do like one or two rounds of breath like that, that should, you know, start to calm you down a little bit, or at least like give your mind a few moments to be in the present moment with your body instead of like anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, you just said a couple seconds. So you inhale for four, exhale for seven, you do that three times, that's 30 seconds, really. Yeah, that's all you need to kind of to help you. And then like, you know, as you implement that, hopefully you can do it longer. But I mean, some people don't spend 30 seconds of the day not thinking about, you know, something else or helping someone else or doing something. And you know, you got you got to start somewhere. And you know, it doesn't have to be zero or 100. Just do the little things that you can. And then Catherine, you guys, you and your co founder, Tiffany have a podcast called called Yo Massage. And in one of the episodes, which I'm hoping that we can talk about today, you guys speak on how touch is taboo. Why is that? And how can we change that narrative? There are several different reasons that touch is taboo. But I mean, just starting with the fact that, like I said, I didn't receive massage on a regular basis. I didn't know that it was, you know, something that was really impactful on our mental and emotional health. I thought it was just, you know, something that you did on your birthday or something that was more of a luxury, which of course, it is a luxury to be able to receive massage. But so that's some people's view. But then some people also have a view that massage is a sexual thing or anything related to touch has like a sexual connotation which is completely wrong and inaccurate and they some people don't see massage as you know a professional profession you know they think of it as something else and so I think just like educating people on the benefits of massage and training that massage therapists go through can help but and then also making it more accessible or offering it in a different way like like we are because before yo massage there's really not another way to receive therapeutic touch in an accessible way outside of massage a lot of people go to their hairdresser or nail salon because of the touch aspect like you know how many people do you know that love getting that head massage when you're getting you know your hair done and maybe go just for that reason or you know hand massage when you're getting your nails done so like those are some little ways that we can seek out touch. I mean, some people 
go to their chiropractor because they know that they're going to receive touch there. But yeah, I think that having more accessible ways like fully clothed in a yoga massage session in a group environment, things that make people feel safe. It's not one-on-one. You're not going to a room. You're not taking your clothes off. You're not you know, going to a new provider that you don't know, there is good research on touch and massage and its benefits on our, you know, mental health, emotional health, physical health. But some of the really compelling studies that we've found are were on premature babies, whenever they received massage, their growth rates were so much higher than the babies that didn't receive massage. I can provide some links to those studies if you want to post them with this, or if you guys are listening, you can just do a Google search and find them. But it really, it helped. I can't remember the number, but it really increased the growth rate of the babies. And then also, if you just think about even like pets, like, can you imagine like, you know, your dogs and your cats, like wanting to come up and get, you know, pets and love. And like, I don't know, I kind of think of myself as like, that sometimes you know like I need my my pets or I need my massage or like even as a kid like I always wanted my mom to like rub my back or pat my back and stuff and then you know as an adult it becomes a little bit more weird to kind of like you know ask for that kind of stuff (laughs) but like as a kid you know or like if you're a pet like you don't think anything of it it's just like I need my pets like you know where's my Where's my physical touch? So um, as an adult, it gets harder to be able to access that. Catherine, that and is it, such it, a good point. It seems more taboo, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Because like, <laughs> I mean, like, I know this, but hearing you say that, I'm like, oh, my God. That makes so much yeah. sense. I don't know if you know this, but you know when people give birth, they bring the baby and mm-hmm. they put the baby on the mom's chest and you have to have like skin to skin contact. That's like another point too. Like, I guess yeah, I didn't even realize, but like how important mm-hmm. it is and like I what know, makes us get so older, important. like we still need that too. And that's such a great point. Like yeah. what made us stop needing that, I guess. I mean, that just goes back to it being taboo as an adult, especially. And so... Yeah, I mean, I think people can go seek touch in like unhealthy ways whenever they're craving it, whenever it's just like, okay, maybe like, do you have a friend or a partner that you guys can like, you know, do a little shoulder massage or hand massage or whatever? Or can you go to a yoga massage class, you know, on a on a weekly basis where it's, you know, not as expensive, or, you know, it's not as much of a ordeal as like going to receive a full one on one massage? It can be something that you do with friends. It can hopefully be something that you can do on a more regular basis um, and receive touch that way. But yeah, many people don't really have someone that they can go to and kind of get that touch from. And that also makes me kind of sad. But at the same time, I do see your guys' point. Mm -hmm. Like if a man came up to me on the street and was like, I need my touch today, like rub my head. I'd be like, what the heck? Call 911. Like I'd be so weirded out. But at the same point, if a little boy came up to me and was like, can you rub my head? I mean, I'd be yeah. like, okay, but like, I probably wouldn't do it, but it's just so weird. Like I never yeah. thought about it, but like compared mm-hmm. to like 20 year gap, it's just odd. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Obviously a time and a place. 
It's giveaway time. This podcast has been launched for six months. And to say thank you for all the support, I've partnered with Face Reality to give away the products that have been my go-tos this year. How can you enter this giveaway, you ask? Simply leave a review or rate this podcast on point on Apple Music or Spotify. Screenshot that review and post on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag Vagaro or me, at Taper. Check out our Instagram post for other ways to get more entries. Winner will be announced July 1st. Good luck. Going back to like the nervous system, the breath can be a tool to help regulate our nervous system. And even, I mean, right now, like if you started to like breathe more shallow, like into your chest and like breathe faster, like you're going to like start to make your heart rate increase and like feel yourself getting more stressed. But if you can breathe more slowly and breathe deeper into the belly and slow down your breath, slow down the exhales, like you can feel your body calming and like relaxing the nervous system and lowering your heart rate. And so like, I mean, I think that hopefully shows a picture of like how powerful your breath can really be. But yeah, we can use the breath as a tool to obviously relax the body, have as a tool to de-stress, hopefully to help with anxiety a little bit. Like if your mind is is racing, you can try to bring your awareness to your breath. If you're starting to think about, I mean, many people can probably relate to just like your mind bringing you into a stressful situation if you start to think about I don't know a conversation that you had or something that you're stressed about you can start to feel that in your body and you can start to get physically stressed maybe it can even cause pain in the body and so being able to focus on your breath and use that as a tool to relax bring yourself back into the present moment that can it has so many so many benefits let's kind of dive into stretching and meditation and maybe the benefits of them or just like maybe the core basics of how to get started to our listeners that maybe have never stretched before or never meditated before so breath work and mindfulness can be tools to meditate and to bring ourselves in the present moment and we love breath work or visualization through like being mindful as tools to help us meditate and and be in the present moment, trying to focus on the body, trying to activate that mind-body connection. And I mean, there are so many studies on mindfulness and meditation and and its benefits. I mean, sleep is one of the things that it can help with depression, anxiety, stress in general. So if you ever are interested, just do a quick Google search on like the benefits of meditation. Hopefully that will convince you. But I think it's like 15 minutes a day is where, you know, people really see a lot of results, but that can be really hard. Like 15 minutes a day, it seems easy, but if you don't have a foundation or you don't even have a place that you can go for 15 minutes of the day, that's quiet and relaxing to you. Like that can actually be really hard. So starting with like, even just like 30 seconds of focusing on your breath, that can be really good. Look, your mind's going to wander and that's okay. And that's part of being mindful is noticing that that happened and then try to bring it back to your breath. And then it's going to happen again again and noticing that and then trying to bring it back and then the more you practice hopefully like I said those moments of being present will you know start to be longer than the moments of of not but it's it's not going to happen in your first class and don't don't expect it to 
What are some things yeah. that they should focus on during, let's say, a 15-minute meditation by themselves, not even on a class? Mm-hmm. So I think that that is the perception of meditation a lot of times is that it's really scary and that it's hard and like I can't turn my mind off for 15 minutes or five minutes or even one minute and that is not what you're supposed to be doing during meditation. I don't think most people even who have been practicing meditation for a long time are able to do that. Like I said, it's really just about trying to be mindful, trying to be in the present moment. And part of that is noticing when your mind wanders. And as you start to practice, you will get better at it. And the time's that you know, your mind is wandering will hopefully go down, but it does take time. And there's a lot of research on stuff called like neuroplasticity and like changing the pathways in our brain. The idea is that like whenever we're meditating, we're teaching our brain to not, you know, be all over the place and be focusing on 50 different things. And if we take the time to kind of like teach our brain to calm down and like you know, be in the present moment and focus on like one thing at a time, even if it's just for like short periods of time that has benefits that can, you know, last throughout the day or the week. But it is something that you do have to be practicing on a regular basis to really see those benefits. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it's like exercising, you know, you're not going to be able to run for, you know, 10 minutes once a month or once a you know, every two months or even once a week and really see that much of an improvement, you do have to do it on on a regular basis. Maybe today start for like five minutes. Just, you know what I mean? And maybe build yourself up. I would say, yeah, try to start with five minutes or even three minutes or one minute here and there, like maybe just throughout the day. And then, yeah, if you have five minutes or 10 minutes that you feel like you can dedicate that you can like close yourself in a closet or your room or wherever and just lay down on the floor and close your eyes for for five minutes and just try to focus on your breath I mean I know I do the sauna in the mornings and at my gym I'm in there for like 15 minutes whenever I go and I try to focus on my breath and I can't even do that for 15 minutes sometimes like it's really hard and so I know it seems like oh, 15 minutes, that should be easy. But it is really hard to just try to focus on one thing or focus on your breath. And so yeah, don't expect it to be easy. And don't be hard on yourself. If you try it even for five minutes, and you're like, I was just thinking about this and that and this and whatever, you know, keep it up and maybe try to turn on like a guided meditation, you know, find something that resonates with you. There's several on YouTube that I like and like I would just I will turn on the same one every day sometimes, you know, so I love it. Catherine, before I let you go, every podcast I play a game and so it's called Taylor's Would You Rather. Here we go. If you were stranded on an island, what would you rather have on you? A yoga mat or essential oils? Yoga mat for sure. Would you rather only be able to do yoga by yourself forever or only be able to go to one masseuse forever? Ooh, um, wait, okay, sorry, more than three seconds. Um, I guess y- yoga by myself? Okay. Uh, I don't know, that one's hard. <laughs> I know. Would you rather not speak for a week or not be able to leave your home for a week? Oh, um... 
I think not leave my home for a week. I think I could do that. Me too. Me too. <laughs> would you rather be the teacher or would you rather be the student? Ooh, the student. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Student. Which is so surprising coming from you. <laughs> okay. During the yo massage class that you are teaching, would you rather your voice sound like a robot or sound like a parrot? Oh, robot. Robot. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> two more. Would you rather be stuck in the downward dog position for two hours or be Yikes. stuck in a crab position for two hours? Oh, what's a crab position? <laughs> you know, like in gymnastics before you did the bridge, like as a crab yeah. and you like put your arms back and then your feet and then you have to raise your butt up. Do you know what I'm oh talking about? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like the opposite of downward dog. <laughs> oh, that is so hard. I don't think I could do either of those for two hours, but uh, I feel like maybe the crab would be a little bit easier. Yeah. Like both would suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last one. Would you rather toot during a class you're teaching during an awkward oh, no. pose or be giving someone a massage close to their face and on accident burp in their face? Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> I guess I would rather too. It's probably <laughs> happened before. <laughs> I know. I, I was laughing so hard. I was like, oh, hopefully you don't make her uncomfortable. But I feel like both like could happen. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it totally does. And then I feel like that one, like, it's in a class like with more people and like the massage being like, one-on-one like that's more embarrassing and like I don't know so. I feel like if you too yeah. you could just start coughing and try to hide it yeah <laughs> yeah the burp in the it's face like happened. like I've taught so many yoga classes before that like I'm sure it happens yes it does well Catherine thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today I truly felt like I learned so much from you today and I'm so oh. excited for our listeners to learn from you and all your insight that you given us it was so much fun you're such a good host you're such a good podcast host thank so, you yeah and hopefully you can come up to oregon sometime and i am holding you to that i am coming us. this summer <laughs> okay well we're gonna hopefully we'll be open in the fall so um then we'll come in the come fall up with some friends and yeah we'll we'll let you know we have to bring all the the whole vagaro team so yes. thank you so much have a good day you too you too bye our goal is to always give you the content you didn't know you needed to know and to make sure you're always on point. I'm Taylor Burke. Thank you for listening.